Now, wait a minute. I'd like to propose a toast to my family. Someday soon, you're going to have families of your own. And if you're lucky, you'll remember the little moments like this. Well, good. Cheers. It's the good time show. That's hilarious. It's the good time show. It's the good time show. This dude, we might have to. Bring, I love this song, but Van Halen rocks so hard, and this is fun and cute. But I miss. Where have all the good times gone? We should have people like record their own versions of it because I, I, this it's oh, so confusing. Cool. Like the the music industry. Yeah, I don't understand anything. Like all their legal. So because I th- I've heard stories of like bands. Re-recording albums. You're listening to Good Times with Steve Simone and my pal, Mr. Lee Syatt. Go on, Lee. Like, I've heard story. I've heard stories of bands re-recording albums so they can get around, yeah, copyright in some way, or certain or... people not playing on certain right. things. Like, I heard all that stuff about Ozzy. Like, they, oh, it's Ozzy. Okay, yeah, like they re-recorded stuff without like Rudy Sarza. I don't know anything. Like I heard like Van Halen re-recorded stuff without Michael Anthony. I don't know how stuff That's works. That's crazy. I was thinking about you yesterday. What happened? I went to a church. Close. Okay. I had to get dressed up huh. and I, it made me think about when I was young because I'm 27 and to this day every time I put it on so much more mature than 27. Well, in some ways. But I and I'm, this is going to make me sound less mature. Ever since I was young, I had trouble because I was chubby. My mm-hmm. shirts would always become untucked. Yes. So my mom always told me to put it in my underpants. That's like, a start. The button-down shirt. Perfect. Okay. So like 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 the tails of like the button-down shirts. So even now at 27, I still tuck it into the underpants. I was just like, I've been doing this since I've had button-down shirts. <gasps> I tuck my under because because it always it, like it always looks weird when it comes unbutt untucked. Oh, that's so perfect. So at twenty seven, every time I do it, I still like I I'm gonna have to call my mom and be like, hey, I'm still doing this. Mom, guess what? The advice you gave me when I was seven still works. Still works because I didn't realize it was weird until Paula saw me getting ready. She's, She's like, like, "What, what are, you are you doing?" <laughs> no, she thought it was. She's she like, "Oh, that's cute. You tuck it in your underwear." I was like, "Doesn't everyone think that works?" Yeah, doesn't everybody do this? Isn't this how you get ready? And apparently not. It's hysterical. Tell me, you guys have it hard. And it, it is Nothing fun getting fits dressed up, right? Though. What did you have to get dressed up for? A wedding or something? Her law prom. <gasps> yeah, they have law school proms. Yeah, but it it wasn't like. I was kind of, like I like prom like I was I was I almost bought her a corsage and uh, what do you mean you almost you I, I, I I was going to but then did she you bring her flowers no she started like ah oh, Lee here's the thing here's the thing I was whatever doing, girls say you can't believe them but you that, always got to bring flowers but then he see okay that's what I say yeah but then when we got there there was like no one with flowers some people weren't even dressed up so she like she would have felt funny I guess I don't know. I mean, maybe next Lucky. time I will. Well, she ha- as long as she's happy, that's all. That's oh yeah, she we, we had a great time. 
Well, like there was no. You ever talk to old school guys? They're like, "Happy wife, yeah. happy life." Oh yeah, it's that simple. That's all. That's all you need. Just have, it. and it's it's something like I'm a terrible dancer, so I normally would just say no to dancing. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. You I don't, get I don't, out there and you gotta live. You gotta dance. We, you gotta dance like nobody's watching. It's fun. I'm I'm, I'm working on being a little bit le- less self conscious because like that's the only reason guys don't want to dance because dancing's fun. It's just you feel like a, a jerk because yeah, you have a couple drinks, a couple exactly. laughs, go out there and make it happen, Captain. Right. How was San Diego? Oh, wonderful. It was great. I got to do a podcast with Mike Vinn. I started to do one with Don Carlos. The unofficial sponsor of Good Times is the Don Carlos Taco Shop, located in scenic La Jolla, California. Come for the food and stay for Ryan, because Ryan's the best. But so then Ryan came over for a little bit, but then um, his wife brought his baby over. So then the baby wins, and then we, I just took his family out for pizza pie, and it was fun. Did his little baby eat pizza? Like little pieces of pizza? You know what? I don't think he did. He was eating these little puffy things. Oh, okay. Like these little kid things that only little kids are think that are delicious. <laughs> Even though Ryan ate some of them to prove they weren't gross. But it was baby food. How old is his son now? I think he's almost a year. Wow. Time flies. We have yeah. like a good time as family. Like and, and, and Mike Pye just had a... a, a yeah, congratulations. Oh, I finally child. got him. Yeah. I got him. I just came back from the store to get them their um presents oh, i got really? him some good stuff yeah oh that's so nice i love buying ba- little kid and baby stuff like when i was shopping for mike pie's baby i saw something that would be awesome for mercy so i had to buy it i'm like please don't get mad at me but i saw this giant pink bunny because it's almost easter all right <laughs> so i was like i i don't know if i'm going to be in town for easter when i get back from china so here i just want to give you guys this now <laughs> i was like don't get mad it's just that i couldn't not buy it don't get mad i have a giant pink bunny for you yes and kids get so excited. It's so yeah, fun. Yeah, I went to uh, Renazizi's kids' uh, Little League game yesterday. So great. Okay. So much fun. What level of Little League? Is it like our kids pitching and stuff already? No. Even better. It's like for first graders. So the dads are still pitching. And, and there's like son... no strikeouts? No. You get like seven strikes. And then if you still didn't get a hit, they crank out the T. So everybody gets on base kind of. Perfect. Yeah, it was really a lot of fun to watch. That's like that's when I that's when I could still compete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny when you see at that level. Like even the, you can tell the kids that would rather be at home playing Star Wars, and the, you know what I mean. Like there's certain kids that you could go. That's an indoor kid, but since it's first grade, they're still going to play. Oh, I was the ultimate indoor kid. I picked either catcher or outfield because I like to play with the dirt. Yeah, I like to play. Catcher was definitely a chubby kid position. I played all of them. Catcher, goalie. See, goalie's tough though, because chubby. I wasn't. A, I wasn't fast. So like, you need cat-like reflexes. Yeah, you would think goalie would be a good place to put me, but it's not. I need to be like out of the way. I'm a good spectator. I'm a really good spectator. There you go, good fan. <laughs> I wish I could be good at sports. Well, you know what? You might need a new T-shirt from Freak, Mike Pie's company. Absolutely, Freak is a uh, my buddy Mike's company. It's a activewear company, like stuff shirts. I pretty much say if you want to get chicks, you got to buy a freak T-shirt because they show off your guns. Like we went to the gym today, me, Mike, and Robert, and it was so fun. Cool. What did you do? What did you do today? We did chest and arms. That's why you're looking so buff. Yeah, chicks dig it, and they also dig freak. I never know how to do stuff for Mike, so just go to his website. It's f r e k w a r e dot com, and you can use. 
the promo code good times or what's the other one get big or something live live, live big. big l-i-v-b-i-g yeah l-i-v-b-i-g live big frequenter oh uh, yeah and then the other people i always want to give a shout out is domingo's italian deli and encino because mm. they were nice enough to uh help me out start the whole santa steve thing which i think is going to be wind up being a real charity that's awesome yeah i had a meeting last week with andrew who works with bill burr and bill wants to help us and i don't and then my buddy John has a – I'm actually wearing his shirt, which is Regular Hero, which is a charity he started for charities. But I think we're just going to go ahead and um, submit the paperwork because I know so many comedians. And I just want to get the comedy community involved with families that need help. So um, I was very fortunate to hang out with some – a whole new group of kids down at Children's Hospital last week. We're going to – Throw a pizza party for those guys tomorrow, and if um, you can, just keep my friend William in your prayers, because William's fighting a really tough fight. So, but he's strong enough to get through it. So, with all of our prayers and help, we go down there and have some laughs with them. Great. Oh, speaking of laughs, guess what I got to do? What I got to go on a podcast with Boss Root and Amaro Ranallo. They do one called Root and Ranallo. It was so much fun. Vicky Pezza hooked it up, and Vicky was like, "It was right." Okay, I'm not even lying. This is how awesome God is. Because like I, I was talking to my buddy Rich, who works at the comedy store, and I was saying how oh, Boss Rutan's my favorite fighter ever. Because he's just always up for laughs and probably the toughest dude ever, maybe. Right. Like, he kicked ass in Pride and UFC. And he did all these really funny self-defense videos. Who my friend Amir was in. I didn't even get a chance to tell Boss that. But, um... So anyway, Monday night, I was just saying how awesome Boss, Boss is. And then, um... Uh, Rich was like, you know, he's got a gym out in Woodland Hills. I was like, no way. Maybe I'll just make the drive and I'll do jujitsu there. He so teaches jujitsu? He teaches, I don't know, probably an MMA. He does everything. That's so Because he's legit. Li- it's his gym, so he's there. But um, I didn't know any of that. I was like, what? You can go learn baseball from Babe Ruth? And then next day, Vicky called me and she was like, do you have any interest in doing this podcast? I was like, are you kidding me? I was just talking about those guys last night. Uh, so she had no idea? I love Vicky Pezza. Yeah, she's so cool. So cool. So it was great. We were supposed to do like 20 minutes or half an hour, and it was over an hour. And I hope I didn't sound stupid. Like, I was just trying to be honest, but I was nervous. You know when, like, even though you were like, I'm not going to be nervous, but then it happens, and you're like, damn it, I'm nervous. Yeah. Because Morrow's so nice, and I didn't realize that, like, he had been a lifelong wrestling fan. I just knew him from, like, Pride and things like that, because he's got an awesome voice. And I know he had worked with, like... Brett the Hitman Hart's dad in Calgary for Stampede Wrestling, and he got his start in pro wrestling when he was 16. And it was Roddy Piper that was the first person in pro wrestling that was nice to him. It's like, oh, it's all such, everything happening for a reason. And it was Boss, I didn't even know it was Boss's birthday the day we did the interview, but we were supposed to talk for like 20 or 30 minutes, and it wound up going over an hour. That's all it, I'm sure you didn't come off sounding stupid if they kept you for double the time. Yeah, I hope not. So what's the name of the podcast? Rootin' and Ronaldo. R-U-T-T-E-N and Ronaldo. R-A-N-A-L-O-O. I'll have to listen. I've heard, I think my buddy worked on those videos, like, behind the scenes. Oh, really? On those boss room, like, fight videos. Yeah, like, in the bar and stuff where it's like, bong, bing. Right, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was my friend Amir that was in those videos. Oh, funny. Because when I used to work at the Hollywood Gym, Amir was one of the instructors that would come in. Who's I have noticed this, and it's, thank God, but generally, the tougher the guy, the nicer they are. Thank God. 
God. Yeah, that. that would be tough. If Basarun was was an angry guy. Oh, forget it. I would just leave. if Because he, he could beat up everybody. He told a story on Rogan's podcast once. I think he beat up like 12 bouncers at once or something. Jeez. Yeah, like the real deal. As real as it gets. And he said he wants to do stand-up. I'm like, I will help you any way I can. That would be so much fun. Yeah. He's good at storytelling. He's Yeah, he's great. He could do it. Absolutely. And you are almost off on an exciting trip. Yeah, I guess I leave the 8th for Singapore and China, which is awesome. And then hopefully in April I'll be filming, hopefully, the thing with Uncle Joey. And then if not, I'm going to be doing some stuff with Robert Obris. We have this really cool gym idea, which is really funny. Very cool. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear about Singapore. I've yeah. never been to anywhere in Asia. I'm so jealous. It should be cool. Well, I'm just happy. Look, I made friends in China last year, so I'm just happy to be seeing my buddies. I get to see Turner and Andy. And then all the all the other pals I made over there, but Turner and Andy are the guys that brought me over. And they're just so neat. And then all the other comics over there are really nice people, too. So I'm excited. It sounds like a great trip. Yeah. And then I'm going to be, I think it's the first weekend in May, I'm back in Indianapolis. Right, at Crackers. At Crackers. Oh, and you know what? I'm going to be in Edmonton, too, in May. Look at, wow. Yeah, so guys, I'm going to be at um, Rick Bronson's club in Edmonton. The third week in May. Yeah. So Edmonton and Indianapolis in May. So it's cool. And, and they can find all these at awesomesteve.com. Awesomesteve.com. Very nice. Who do we have on this week? Oh, this week we have my buddy Tamar. It's a really good podcast because he's so cool. My buddy Tamar Randy. You guys can find him on Twitter. I think it's the Tamar Randy Show. Just let me double check. Yep. Tamar Randy Show. D E M A R. R-A-N-D-Y show. That's his Twitter and his website is comptoncollege.bigcartel.com. He's awesome. He's like uh, one of my buddies from the comedy store. And actually when I was up in Reno for New Year's Eve, I got to work with him. And I'm like, this kid's got a heart of gold. He seems to really get life. And uh, I think the people that have the most informed perspective on life are generally the people that had to earn it. That sometimes... You go through the struggles and you go through the hard times and it gives you a a type of compassion and understanding that you wouldn't be able to get if everything was smooth sailing. So if anybody out there is listening and you're going through tough times, just trust God's plan that it's just going to lead you to more peace and more more happiness. Because DeMar did not have an easy life. And I remember the first time we spoke at the comedy store, he came up to me and he was like, hey, man, I love your comedy. My childhood was nothing like yours. But I really loved it. And we start, and ever since then, I would like talk to him and hang out. And then when we were up in Reno, when we finally got to spend a weekend together, I'm like, this is one deep dude. And this podcast is fantastic. So I can't wait. I've never, I can't wait for you guys. I lo- one thing I love about Good Times is introducing you guys to my friends. And I'm so proud to call Tomorrow Friend. I think you're going to really enjoy this talk. Um, before we get into it, I want to thank – I got my first check from Amazon. So thank you guys so much for going to awesomesteve.com and using that Amazon link and signing up for Amazon Prime. All that little stuff really does help. So thank you so much. And now let's hang out with me and my buddy Tomorrow. I'll sit over here. I love uh, the thing I love about podcasts is never knowing how to get it started. And I don't use the equipment here at the comedy store. I just come up and use the room. Yeah. 
So then, because if you were hanging out downstairs, everybody would interrupt. Yeah, they would. Or they try to jump in and shit. Like, oh, that happened to me once. Because <laughs> they, people love getting interviewed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like getting interviewed. I practiced well, my whole life to get interviewed. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you always know you were going to be like famous when uh -huh. you were a little kid? Uh, uh, maybe like around 12, 13, I knew I was going to be famous. That's awesome. But it made it made like all the hard stuff like a lot easier. Cool. The hard stuff about my life, I was like, oh. Somebody's going to be watching this one day. And it's all going to serve a purpose. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like the only way suffering makes sense is that if you can go, what purpose does this serve? And I got that. I got that fairly early in my life. Yeah? How but old? Yeah, about 12, 13, where I was like, oh, my my life is going to be an example of something for, to somebody later on. That's so I started laughing at the dumb stuff I did. You know, like, oh, people are going to see that. People are going to see that. They're going to see Oh, well, all right, I got to make it up. I got to make it up. I got to make it up. That's awesome. I'm controlling the story arc of my life, my life movie, you know? That's the truth. The decisions we make, we're like the writer of the movie of our yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Really, I really feel like that. I feel like Dude, I had no idea. Okay, you just hit, you just start, you started to open up. You're like, yeah, it was rough. But I didn't know. I remember the first time you came up to me here at the comedy store and you were like, hey, man, this years ago. And you were like, I just, you told me how much you loved my comedy but you're like my childhood was nothing like that nah what was your childhood like i mean my, my my childhood it was it was like i guess for for someone else it might have it might it might be a, a good excuse to be you know be somebody different you know like to, mm. to be another person you know like it, I, I have every excuse to be somebody else you yeah know? but I didn't use any of it. I have all of them. I saw. I saw every everything. You know, Damn. like everything. Most adults never will never experience. You know, I got to see a lot of that. So it was rough. Yeah. But I didn't really know it was rough. It was every day. You know, it was everyday life. Like little kids are little kids. You don't know what you don't know. No, you don't. You don't know. You like. You might know. You don't have all the toys, but you're like, all right. Well, yeah. yeah. This is what I know. Like I noticed that with the little guys at the hospital, they're so strong. Yeah. They, 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 I go there to. to for the parents uh-huh does that make sense like i go to try to bring some comfort to the parents because the kids are cool right they're, they really are they're like they're at peace man yep they're at peace because they they, they understand that life is just about having fun yeah and, and trying to make it to the end of it you know so the kids are gonna kids are gonna find fun they're gonna find a way to be happy they're gonna find a way to see the positive because they don't know how bad things could be yeah it's true and death is not like real to kids no, I remember reading one of those things. Like, I I love all that shit on the internet that like is meant to inspire you. Like yeah. I'm a sucker for it, uh -huh. <laughs> flat out sucker. And there was like a story on there about like I don't know, one brother gave his little brother blood or a kidney or something. Uh -huh. And when he said yes to do it, he thought he was gonna die. Uh -huh. And his parents were like, "What?" And he was ready to do it. He was like, "All right, just yeah, I love you, bro, and I'll see you in heaven." They're like, "You're not going to heaven. You're just giving up blood." And I'm crying reading it on facebook like today's gonna be a good day today's gonna be a good day oh uh, you almost got me with that man yeah, i can't even like do it justice because i i don't want my voice to be like and um it's the greatest well when like i thought when you're a kid you're just like okay your death has a purpose too you know like there's a purpose in death and then like and it's bigger than you yeah like i think uh Little kids are cool with it. Like, I, I met a little guy on uh, Saturday. He's probably like nine. Mm -hmm. Cool. It's so cool. Yeah. And he's just like, 
yeah, yeah, my dad's in heaven looking out for me. And I'm like, okay. Like, he's just, it is, it's, hey, this is what it is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and, and you, you, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be a dick to, to, to ruin. Oh, I didn't say anything, man. Like, oh, you're cool. You're cool. Yeah. I'm cool. No, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, and then I'm in the car not. driving yeah. home like. <laughs> you would be an asshole. And heaven is not a real God. It's fictional. Oh, God. Hey, hey, look, look. Some people need to give by, you know? Some yeah. people need to make this feel feel like something else, you know? Yeah. Do you it's believe really... in heaven? Yes. Yeah. I remember you telling me I've something. I always believed in heaven. Yeah, me too. Even as a little kid, it made sense to me. Yeah. And it still does in the same sort of way. I think I believed I believed them. I believed my parents and family because they told me to. Mm-hmm. And and they loved me, so I didn't, I would never I would never think that they would do anything that would uh, you know, that would harm me. Yeah. Because even through everything, I've always been protected. That's awesome. I've always been protected. You know, so like, I, 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 wouldn't, I didn't second guess religion until I got older in heaven. And then it might have been like two, three years where I just kind of like roguely didn't believe anything. Yeah. And then like, I had this, like, you know, I had this, it was a day where I just said, uh, you know, I had a, I t- had a conversation with God, Wh- whether He was there or not, you know. Oh, He's always you know, there. I, I mean, I mean, in in the in the space that I was at in my head, I was uh-huh. like, all right, maybe I'm talking to some fictional dude, yeah. but I miss talking to this guy. <laughs> Reunited and it feels so good. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's whatever, whatever, whoever that dude is, man. I miss talking to him. You know. That's really cool. Yeah, what, that's what, 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 so what, human and natural, and like, yeah, I get that. It was, a, it was, a, I didn't, I didn't, there was a relationship there, you know. Where we, he's, I mean, he knows, he know, he knew things that I didn't, that I didn't tell the people whether he was real or not. Your, you know, your imaginary best friend is still your best friend. I never thought about it that way at all, but it reminds me of something. I think it was Saint Augustine, one of the most profound thinkers of humanity, who said something like this, and I believe this to be true. Uh-huh. And it reminds me of what you just said. And I'll paraphrase. I always get quotes wrong, but I, I remember what they meant. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think what I think it was Augustine. It might have been Thomas Aquinas, but I think it was Augustine. Maybe Aquinas. I get those two confused. But he said, our hearts are restless until they rest in him. Yeah. Like meaning no matter what this world gives you, positive or negative, it's never going it, to you're never going to have peace until you have that relationship. Yeah. You know, because you can have. It's the roller coaster continues forever, mm-hmm. you know. Whether how much money you get and all that other stuff, like the roller coaster continues. Yeah, for sure. You just you just as you get older, you just learn how to deal with your problems better. Yeah, you know, they never go away. You just you just deal with them better as you get older. This you know? too shall pass. <laughs> Positive yeah. and yeah. But you know what's funny? I think part of the reason why I was miserable when I was a younger man was because I thought there was a finish line. Does that make sense? I used to think like, oh, if I have enough money, then I'll have peace. If I get this job, then if I move to California, then if I this girl meets, then no, it's it, the roller coaster is always going. It's always going. Always go. going. You got I, I I believe in in blind blindly trusting God. You know? Me too. Where it's like, hey, look, man, I, I don't even know where you're taking me, bro, but I'm down to go. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm I'm down the road, man. You know, like I remember when I was I'm fine. It took a long time. I'm finally there. What were you gonna say? You remember? I I remember um, 
me and my dad used to roll around. He had a he had a '64 Impala with uh, hydraulics. Right? Get out of here! It was cool shit ever. Like out a of kid. a movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a kid, yeah, like Shroud. Dude, like, that's cool a kid, for a grown up. Yeah. But if you're a kid, I can't even imagine. Yeah, that. you're a kid. Your dad has like hydraulics on his six <laughs> foot. Oh, that was the best. You're bouncing up and down and stuff. Let and let was, me ride. That's all I'm imagining. That's all we listened to. My dad and I used to ask my dad when we were rolling. I was like, "Where are we going?" Are we going? Where are we? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? How close are we? You yeah. know. And I remember one day he turned around and he was like, "Hey, you got any place else to be? Like, mm. you got anything else to do? You got you got any like other schedule that you had planned that you're gonna do?" I was like, "No, no." Like, well then, just ride. That's cool. And that's that's how I like approach life too. Is like you could work that into your set, yeah. Because I'm just thinking as we're talking, how blown away I was by. What you were doing in Reno. Yeah. Because I, I, I haven't seen you perform in years. And that was so good. I think you inspired a lot of that, though. No, <laughs> no, you did, man. But I think if you sold merch that was just Let's Ride. Yeah. If you put a 6'4 Impala on a shirt that said Let's Ride. Yeah. And told that story and closed on that. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, you pay your rent off those t-shirts. <laughs> That'd be tight, man. You inspired that, though, man. I, I, I didn't think people cared about that stuff. Oh, people need it. I don't. I, I don't talk about that. I, never, I usually don't talk about that kind of stuff on stage. But I feel are you comfortable. Still, are you still doing it on stage? Well, I took it. I took a, that 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 line. Mm-hmm. You know that that particular line of, of approach to it. You know, I was like, okay, I can I can say something. You know that people need and be funny yeah. and enjoy myself at the same time. That's what it's all about. You no, know, you know, just three. You know, which is a three balance. You know. I, and I, I, you know, at first I was just being funny. Then I was like, then I was trying to be like super serious. And I'm like, yo, well, the best version of me is is the one that's pushing good vibes out to people. You know, that's the best version yeah. of me. That's the best version of me too. I have other versions of me, but that I got I got versions of me I don't like so much. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, put this one away. I don't like yeah, this dude. I don't yeah. want to see this dude anymore. No, I don't like this dude. I got, I got personalities in myself where I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, nah. I like being good, Steve. <laughs> so your dad sounds like he was kind of a philosopher too. He was. He he was very. He was a very intelligent man. You know, yeah. like probably probably one of the smartest people I've ever met. You know, and I think that's why like you see me, right? Because I watched an intelligent man waste his intelligence. Ooh. And I, and I, as a kid, I got I was like, yo, you're too smart to be. Telling me this from a trailer, yeah, and, you know, living in a trailer. You're too fuck. This is like you know, one it taught me two things. It was like yo, you can say the, you can tell people whatever you want, but if you don't show the results of what you're saying works, it doesn't matter. Mm. Because just like growing in my neighborhood, you can tell the kids go to school, go to school, go to school, but everybody who's going to school in, in my neighborhood is struggling. Yeah, but if you talk, but if you if they look around and they see who's doing well, it's the drug dealer, it's the pimp, mm. it's those dudes. Those dudes are doing well. Those dudes have everything they want for a short time. That's true, right? But just visually, you know, you're yeah. like, hey, th- and that moment, especially when you're a kid, and right. time is a, something you really can't comprehend. So I was like, I don't, I, I can't, I can't, I can't listen, I can't hear this dude all the way out, even though he's what he's saying is good because it, it doesn't have results. That was part of the. Re- it's funny you mentioned that. that. Was part of the reasons, part of the reason why I moved here and went for it. Yeah. Because I was like, I remember thinking then I was twenty seven, and I was like, if I ever have kids, I want to be able to look at them, 
and say you can do whatever you want to do with your life and mean it. Yeah. You know, because people would always tell me that. And I'm like, oh, you really, you must really like painting ships down at the Navy Yard. That was your dream. You know? But you can show them that, you know? Not, mm-hmm. not just tell them. You can say, hey, I decided to be funny. I've decided to be funny for a career, and it, and it worked out for me. Yeah, or not even just, just to go for it. Right. Like, I was talking to one of my buddies on the car ride over here, and it's just the simple fact you go for it. That's it. And then it's like, wherever God takes me, leave the results to him. <laughs> Oh man, you're gonna go on a nice journey, man. You gonna like, I, like this comedy thing makes make me uh, like question people that lo- that tell me they love me. You know mm, how so? Because you like, as I go through this thing, I realize like I'm I'm like just now getting to know myself. Yeah, you know, and I've been with me, I've been with me for thirty years. You know, right? <laughs> I've been with me for thirty years, and I'm just now. Like loving myself, you know. Uh, so like, when somebody tells me they love me, I'm like, yeah. Mm. There's no way you can love me. You can love like you can what, love who you think I am. Yeah, you can love things about me. Yeah, you know. But if I if those things change, you're out. Yeah. And I'm constantly morphing, constantly. I'm never the same. person. How do you trust them? How do you let somebody in? Because I'm trying to figure this out for myself, so I'm coming to you for advice. I mean. I think he I think you just you just you just you just pick a good heart. And he even and a good heart will still hurt you. Yeah. Oh but they if, have. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as that the heart is good first, you know, like you just decide to take a trip with somebody. Like I, I don't know everything about Trust you, their but, intentions. Right. That's a good advice. And look at their look at their actions. It's the saddest part. I think one of the things that's broke my heart the most about people. Is when I do encounter people with wonderful hearts. Yeah. But their human weakness. Yeah, and we like we all have the way it. the way people desire, like we'll get back to the guys in your neighborhood that as a little kid you thought had everything. Drug dealers, pimps, gangbang. Peep what people do for money is my like now that I'm forties, yeah, I I can see it. I go, oh, that's ridiculous. But even as a younger like even I know people that like whether well, somebody sacrifices their good heart to make money illegally or even legally doing something that they hate, right? It's like what is it? It's like what are you doing that? Yeah, for? you you still you still you still like uh, you still sold yourself short, right? Yeah, and it's so sad when you meet people that that are good people, but they kind of sell out for the for the money. I think it's that is, that's it. That's a that's a. I think that comes from like the a lack of inner toughness, you know. Mm. Like being able to be your own you know, boot camp drill instructor, and you know have that have that drill instructor in your head, you know, like constantly not like, you know. So I think some people some people have it. Like I think the further you dig from the bottom, the, the easier it is to like push yourself. You know. Yes, the more results you you're getting, you mean more right. positive results. Yeah, absolutely. But if you start from a from a good place already, it's kind of like you know you don't have the drive. You're like you know everything's already all good. But if you're like trying to fix stuff with your work, yeah, then you you have like you have more energy than the other people do because you got more motivation. That's everything. Yeah. Getting that leverage on yourself. Uh, yeah, I still have family. I sleep on the floor. You know, like I have to. I can't. I can't sit at home. Yeah, you got stuff to do. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I love The Rock. He's always talking about that. He talks about work. He was like, yeah, it's seven bucks in my pocket. Oh, I love that story. So I'm never going to be satisfied. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I get that. I like that. You know, yeah, it's cool. 
I think it's harder. It's harder. It's harder on my girl. You know, my that that thing where I'm like never satisfied. Yeah, that's hard on her, because she's yeah. always like, "Wow, how can I make you happy?" I'm like, "Ah, don't focus on that. <laughs> don't yeah. focus on trying to make me happy. Like, let's just go like, for a ride. Yeah. Are we there yet? Are we there? <laughs> Do you have anywhere else you gotta be? Yeah. Well, then let's just let's just go for a ride. Let's just go for a ride. You know, I I, I feel like I feel like uh, those things that I went through, like God gave them to me. So that I can give them to other people, you know. And you without them having to tell stuff them. Or no? I don't want you to talk about anything you don't want to talk about. Because the beauty of this podcast is we're just hanging out. Well, we could talk I, I about saw... your favorite TV shows as a kid. We could talk about your favorite food. We could talk about philosophy. You could talk about, hey, this was something I went through and I le- this is what I learned from it. Whatever you want to do. Um. Okay, there was, there was a time when... Uh... And it's, it's funny now. It's funny now. Uh, I had I had these girls that were mad at me on Facebook about something I said. Right? <laughs> and it's funny because like they were mad, but I don't think they understood where I was coming from. You know, that's nine. I would say ninety eight percent of the time when people are angry. Yeah, it's generally a miscommunication. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't understand where I was coming from. And I there was a time when this uh, there was a girl that lived on my street. Right, uh-huh. she had a she was my same. We were same age. There was two girls. And uh, they had some guys come over and uh, hang out with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were hanging out in the garage. We lived on the coast side. And uh, one of my one of my homies from the neighborhood had just been killed maybe like two days before that. How old were you? Uh, 19, 20. Such a dangerous age. Yeah, I lost a lot of friends in that time period, man. Between seven, Between 17 and 23, maybe at, at least 15. Dear God. At least 15. Jesus. Well, yeah, my cousin was shot 12 times. He was seven. He was 17. He was this. That's a baby. He was just about to turn. He was just about to turn 18. He had just bought his DJ equipment. Ugh. He had just bought DJ equipment. The whole setup. He had. He just, he just took it out of the box, and the next day, he was shot 17 times. But those 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 girl those girls that had the, the dudes over right uh mm-hmm. they were, the, one of the dudes he did, he had no idea what's going on right so he's driving this mustang a red mustang right yeah. now the, the guys the guys who had killed my buddy that was was uh was shooting from a red mustang oh jesus right now they they come drive they come by my they come past my house and uh they look down the street and they see it, they see a, a red mustang yeah. Right? And they go, yo, is that the is that the dude? I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't think so, right? And there's baby in the garage with him, right? Oh they go, my God. Yo, we're gonna shoot that shit up. And I was like, nah, man, you can't do that, bro. And that was probably like it made me, I, at, at that time people like my homie started collecting. So because they, they're like, hey man, the red Mustang's over here. The yeah. Red Mustang's over here. Right? So and there's I a lot of emotion, a lot of pain. Fire, pain. It's pain know. getting channeled through violence right. at that point. Well, revenge, 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 revenge. So they're they're like, yo, because so I got 15 angry, I got 15 angry and emotional men. Jesus. With guns that are ready to shoot up this garage without even going in. Without even knowing who right? it is. And I knew that baby was in there. Oh my God! I knew that baby was in there. And a baby, was, baby, 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 baby. One of the girls had a baby. Jesus. And I, I mean, you never know. You never know your where. You, like people think they know what their morality is until yeah. it's, but you don't know until it's like really tested. You know, you can oh, say you're sure. against this, or you can say you're for that. But when oh, I've, I've moment, folded. There have been times where uh, I, 
I thought I was a man of faith. I thought I would do the right thing under pressure, and I buckled. Yeah. And I learned from it, you know? That it's one, tough. That, that one, I, that one I, I stood up. And I was like, I can't let y'all do that, man. I'm like, y'all got to hold on. Give me, give me 10 seconds. Let me get that baby. I just want to go in there and, and check. Can I just check? Just get, that's all I'm asking for. I'm not, I'm not saying no. Yeah. I'm not saying let's not do this. Just let me go check. And they let you thing. do it? And they let me do it. And I went in there and I was like, hey, who the fuck are you? I need to know who the fuck you are and where you're from right now. No, no games. Yeah. No games. <laughs> he was scared. And I was yeah, like, no all right, shit. cool. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Hey, y'all got to be more careful. You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I need y'all to stay in here for, you know, just for at least for the rest of the night. And I went back. I'm like, hey, that's not the dude, man. And you could that just tell by first, how he answered? Yeah, I knew. I knew how by how he answered. I knew, yeah. how, I knew how he answered. It wasn't a, you know. He wasn't a gangster. No, no, he wasn't a gangster. I could tell. I was like, all right, he's not, he's not a gangster. I, I didn't have time to fucking, you know, get on him about that. But I just, I, I didn't move on. But I, I was like, hey, I came back. I was like, hey, hey, hey that, that's not, that's not, that's not to do, man. That's not to do. They're like, how, how do you know? How do you know? I'm like, look, man, that, that dude's not a gangster, man. Yeah. I'm like, that, that, that dude driving that car, it's, it's a gangster car. It looks gangster. That dude's not a gangster, though. Yeah. And they backed up. You saved somebody's, you saved multiple lives. At, at least five. That's amazing. And all the kids behind the trigger. That That's one of and the then things. another one, yeah. Another that no, no, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People never, ever think about whenever you read one of those horrible stories that become statistics, there's two sides to that gun where lives are ruined. Right. You know? And it's just, it's just pain being transferred. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's just people that aren't getting the love they need. And when I when I got shot, I told um, I walked out of the hospital. Uh huh. I walked out of the hospital. There was uh, there was maybe like twenty people outside when I walked out of the hospital after I got shot. I walked out within two to three hours after I got shot. That's a miracle, right? And everybody thought I was dead. Jesus. Yeah, I got shot in the head. There was a, I didn't know you got no, shot in the head. Yeah. I didn't I never asked you. I never knew what the story was. Yeah. I, I got shot in my head. So like every you know who 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 survives that? You know, you hear somebody got shot in the head, you don't go, Oh, it'll be okay. You never think that. No. So it's thirty people outside the hospital, so I walked out of my own memorial. Yeah, <laughs> I walked out to my own memorial. Please, please. All right, this—it's so much easier for me to see what other people should do with their comedic instincts. Uh-huh. I want you to do a one-man show yeah. and talk about this, and I want you to title it "My Own Memorial." Oh damn! And talk about your life before that moment and your life after that moment, and I think that will be something you could take on the road, yeah. and you could take to the kids that need to hear it. And you could get rich in the process. Let's be honest. That'd be nice too. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> All right, so go on. So, so every there's 30 people that are like, the marsh. We we got to get revenge. Is obviously what they're thinking, right? Right. And I, hey man, don't hurt nobody else in my name, bro. Don't hurt nobody else in my name. You had that insight then. I had it right there. I had it as soon as it hit me. <laughs> Maybe 10 seconds before it hit me. Wow. 10 seconds, maybe three. Two. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Two. Maybe two. From the, yeah, it went through the windshield, so I had that. Jesus. So you were driving? I was parked, and I was sitting in the driver's seat. 
in front oh my of my god. mom's house. Oh my god! Yeah, I would have been really bad. That would have been really bad if I'd have died in front of my mom's house. Yeah, and I would have died in a Buick Lesabre. Not my fucking Not that I was going. I just don't want to go in a Buick. God, come on. Come on, man. At least make it a little more glamorous. How old were you when you got shot? Twenty-four, twenty-five. Yeah. Still a baby. It's about six months into my six months into doing stand-up comedy. Wow. And I've always wanted to die. Hmm. I've always wanted to die. I've always prepared myself for death. You know, America tells black men their their life expectancy. Makes me think of the Public Enemy logo, with the young black guy with the bullet, the the target on. I was yeah. just thinking about that today. That's funny that you mentioned that. You, if you tell somebody they're only gonna live, they're only gonna make it to twenty three. Why why would you plan to live any longer than that? Is that your expectancy? You go all right. I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna make it 23 is and I'm and I'm in a war zone. Yeah. So I didn't plan past 23. Jesus. I didn't plan anything past 23. I never stopped to think about just the psychological ramifications on that. Yeah. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna okay yeah that makes sense to me that you could have a whole generate generations of kids thinking that way and that's gonna affect every decision they make up until they're 23 right it's like why learn how to do this why care why try to get to college why try to do this why to right why get close to anybody why form real bonds why I'm why, not gonna be allowed to raise my kids right you know if, it, if, if you go hey we guys should be better dads expect the expectation isn't to make make it very long to be a dad anyway mmm so if you die at 20, if your life expectancy in America is 23, does AIDS even have a, is AIDS an issue? Right, nothing. There's none of that, none of the, none of the stuff that adults will worry about if you say you're only going to make it to 23, kid, do you have to worry about? What's the point of going to college? Right. What's the point of anything? What's the point of anything? You just go, all right, well, I can, I'll just. And that's just got to compound the more anger. Right. Now you know you have someone who doesn't have any, there's no need for consequential thinking at that point. Absolutely. Yeah, it's profound. Yeah. There's no there's no need for it. You don't have to think How about do it. how do we get these kids to think different? How do we change this? Well, I got this I got a program that I'm trying to do it's called Compton College where I wanna like take I wanna take different things to, to Compton, you know, like um I was, So that's where you grew up. You grew up in Compton? Yeah, Comp in Compton, California. A little small town between Long Beach and uh, LA. Okay. And everybody uh, knows Compton. <laughs> so uh, when I was in high school I wanted to move there so bad. <laughs> if you could have seen me at fifteen in a Raiders hat, I was one I of see that. two white kids at the Philly Spectrum to see I saw Easy E in concert. Not uh, a lot of people can say that. I'll drop you up for that. <laughs> I saw dope. NWA Easy Does It tour. Oh it man. was incredible. I didn't get to see that. Dude, I saw it for Ice Cube coming out. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> I remember the look on Ice Cube's face because me and my buddies, we got down there so early. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so early. Concert early. <laughs> like four in the afternoon, bro. Flavor Flav was riding a motorcycle around the Spectrum parking lot. Uh-huh. I remember uh, Randall Cunningham was my favorite football player at the time. Yeah. Well, no, Reggie White. then. Re- no, R- Reggie, Andre Waters, then Randall. But Randall was Randall, and he came right. out of a white stretch limo. And I remember seeing Ice Cube walk down underneath. The Philly Spectrum, like for a sound check, it must have been four in the afternoon or whatever. Oh, that's pretty early, huh? Yeah, and I was disappointed because I remember he had a Dodgers hat on and not a he wore Raiders hat on stage. But 
And he looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing here, dude? I was yeah. like, hey, Cube, how are you, buddy? <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. You're not supposed to be here at the sound check. <laughs> he was just like, oh, this kid is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it's, like, you're a real fan. <laughs> yeah. Just, I loved it I so much. I want a fan like that. That would be dope. Uh, and I remember, it's like, Compton must be the coolest place ever. It can be, Yeah, it is. Some, yeah, it is. It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's fun if you're, if, you're, if you're not living with any consequences. It's hella fun. I want to make it fun with everybody living with amazing consequences. Oh, I want to man. get involved with Compton College. What, what what exactly do you want to do with that? And what is Compton College? And how can we help? Well, okay, so there's this. Um, I, I always have a story that leads to what it. What I it love, is. bro. This is. <laughs> oh, and as we're talking, I'm like, we have to do a podcast together, okay. like every week. All right, All right I'm down with we that. We got to do something like this is. This is going to be what it is. This is an episode of my podcast or whatever, but. Even if we do it every other week or something, I love hanging out with you too much. So I'm go open, on. Yeah, I'm open. All right, so uh, I took I took like a brief sabbatical to uh, to uh, Oakland uh, for like six months just to like, just to get out, change up your environment. Yeah. And, Whose uh, idea was that? Your mom's? Your no, I, I I mean I, I'm a I'm a comedy nerd, and uh, I know that I know, and I'm also an, an uh, LA native. So mm-hmm. I just there's a there's a migration pattern between LA and the Bay Area, you know. Where vice versa, you know, if you grew up in L.A., then when you go to the Bay, it's refreshing. If you're from the Bay and you move to L.A., okay, you know, it's refreshing. So it's kind of like a migratory path, you know. Mm-hmm. How old were you when way. you went up there? This was uh, last year, so I was probably like 28, 29. Okay. And, uh, so it was specifically to do comedy to switch it just up? Just to do comedy, yeah. Because yeah, San Francisco's got a great scene. Great. You know, the brainwash and all that stuff over there. Like, the whole the whole area is dope, you know? Yeah, San Jose Improv. You got the Punchlines in Sacramento. And, and Rooster Teeth Feathers. Yeah. And what's the big club there? Uh, the Improv? The San Jose Improv? No, the one in San Francisco. Cops. Cops. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done all those rooms. They're awesome. They're good. They're, like, they got storytelling open mics in the Bay. That would be. I would love that. They got story where you know, and they're not funny. No, they don't have no pressure to be funny. You're getting there funny. They're killing it. You know. That's what you got to start doing. So I was doing. Oh, oh. So okay. So while I was there, I was really high the whole time. You mm-hmm. know, it was just a part of. You know. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting down at a at a bench in the middle of Oakland. In the middle of Oakland, uh, there's a there's a park with like a huge lake, right? And there's cool. a there's some benches in front of it. So I was sitting there, kind of just just high, looking at the birds and stuff, and uh. This uh this black girl she came and sat next to me right mm-hmm. and uh she was kind of disheveled you know she she didn't look very uh very kept you know which yeah. is not usual for a black girl you know black that's girls true. are very you know they're always on top of it right yeah it's true so I, I knew something wasn't right with her right yeah. I kind of wanted to move away from her just because I didn't want to really like look here associated. we go but <laughs> I go all right let's you know. <laughs> here we go God all right what's this <laughs> right you already yeah, know, I know. Right? <laughs> yep I know. <laughs> So I go, all right, I'm gonna I'm I'll invite let's let's see where this goes. So uh she goes, Why are you so happy? <laughs> and I was like, uh I, I mean I guess I'm I'm living my dreams, you know, like I'm I'm doing exactly what I want to do in life. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the best answer you could give. Uh, I love what I do, living my dreams, doing exactly what I want to do with my life. What'd she say? And she goes Oh, that must be nice. <laughs> that must be nice. I said, uh, uh-huh. I said, uh, what do you do? And she goes, well, uh, I'm a prostitute. Uh, you know? And I was like, I'm like, you're a prostitute? I'm like, I'm like, why you do that? 
Like why why you why you choose prostitution? She's like I I didn't really you know I don't I don't have no money and I yeah. don't really have nobody to help me. And I was like I'm, I was like let me ask you a question. What would you be doing if you weren't a prostitute? Like, right. If you could do anything you wanted to do. Yeah. And she was like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> You're gonna laugh. She's cool with you knowing she's a prostitute. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she won't tell me her dream. You know. Amazing. <laughs> so I, 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 I probe a little more. I was like, just tell me. I, I promise I won't laugh. I was like, yeah. I said, I promise I won't laugh. Just tell me. She's like, well, I only ever went on one field trip my whole life, and that was to see uh, Disney on ice. Wow. And uh, I've always wanted to be a ballerina. I always wanted to be a figure skater, that's what she said. Mm. A figure skater. And I chuckled a little bit, but but I held it. You know, yeah, you caught goes, yourself. Yeah, because she goes, like, she's like, yeah, no, she don't was, yeah, 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 you yeah. promised. Yeah, you promised, so I, I, I held it, right? And I go, when's the last time you skated? Yeah. She was like, oh, I haven't skated in years. I was like, you know, it's a rink right there. Yeah. I was like, maybe you should, um, you know, if you can't be a figure skater, why don't you try and figure out another dream, you know? Yeah. And I and I and from that, I knew exactly what I wanted to do at Compton College. You know, I want to I want to fleet the school buses. Uh-huh. Hopefully, hopefully they can be hybrid or something. You know. Yeah. And I want to be able to take those kids in Compton wherever they need to go. Oh, cool. Because you you only dream as big as the things you see. So true. You know, it, had she seen more, maybe her dreams would have been bigger. But also the fact that she got to see that, maybe maybe she still, maybe she'll always be a prostitute. But she'll always at least have a dream yeah. and something to think about when she's looking up in the up in the ceiling when you know some strange dude is plowing his cock in her. You know? Jesus. Maybe you know she'll still be able to at least think about you know being an ice skater. So I want to, I want to at least spark that, at least spark that dream in every kid in Compton, and that's that seemed like it's pretty easy to do. Just get a, just get a free school bus. <laughs> I'm sure if we get this going, you could get people to donate that. Yeah, donate the buses. Because it's interesting you mentioned this because I, I just met a woman who's a superhero, one part superhero, one part saint. Okay, I met her down at uh. Children's Hospital. Damn. And um, her little guy is in a wheelchair. And so she's got that kid and then a little girl that's like four or five years old. right? Whoa. But she's got like eight other kids that she kind of adopted, not officially. But they're all little kids that need like kidney dialysis, kids in wheelchairs, kids with spinal oh, bifida. Oh, what an angel. Yeah, and she yeah, was like, yeah, I don't go to clubs. Angel. She was like, this is what I do. <laughs> And so she she wakes up every day at 2.30 in the morning so she could be at work by 4. Uh-huh. And then she's home by noon. Her mom helps with her kids. And then she drives kids to doctor's appointments in the hospital all afternoon. Wow. So we're, we're going we're gonna to help the one little kid get a wheelchair. And, uh, oh, what a blessing, man. Yeah, so it's great, right? Yeah, that, so then those I are go, the kind of people you take care of, you know, those, those angels, you know. Yes. Especially for me, you know, if she needs anything, I'm like, oh, hey, look, what? How That's I what it was. So, because yeah. I, like, I didn't know any of this, uh-huh. I just saw this cute ass little kid in a wheelchair. I'm like, yeah, 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 we got some money left over. We'll do, we'll buy him one. Uh-huh. And um, but I was like, I don't want to just give a kid a wheelchair. Yeah. Because that's cool if you need it. Right. But it's like 
can we throw some Star Wars stuff in there? Maybe an Xbox, like right. some fun. Right, right, right. Maybe throw a turbo booster on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's get him some toys and some cool stuff. Right. And then she was like, well, more than toys, she was like, I'd like to give maybe. And then that's when she told me about all the kids she takes care of. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'd like to give them an experience. I go, what do you mean? She was like, you don't even understand what you take for granted would be life changing for them. She was like, my dream would be for them to stay in a hotel at one point. I went, what? Because I'm a comedian. I'm in a hotel every oh, week. Yeah, why would anybody? And she was like, they've never traveled. They've never been in a hotel. Oh, and she was man. like, because of their uh, physical limitations, they're not allowed to leave the country. But she was like, even if we just went to the beach one day, if you took the kids to the oh, beach, man. she goes, and they could swim in a pool. Yeah. She was like, they'll talk about that for the rest of their life. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, why don't we try to throw a party when we give the wheelchair? Like, we'll go to Chuck E. Cheese or something. And she was like, they'd freak out. <laughs> like, bowling, Chuck E. Cheese, mini golf, the movies. Yeah. She was like, these kids have never been to the movies. What? They've never never had anything. See, with those exp- your experiences shape who you become, you know? Absolutely. So, I'm look, we know enough rich dudes. Yeah. I have to figure out how to get this uh, 501C, they call it, for a nonprofit. Yeah. So we can collect money and people can write it off. So, and then we'll just yeah, oh, we'll, we'll man, help these be kids, beautiful, man. man. We gotta help these kids. And uh, you know what? One of my dreams is what's that? When I make it, I just want to drive around on Saturdays in South Central, Wyatt, and Compton, and just pay for funerals. You know, oh, just, Jesus. There's all these there's all these car washes going on, man. My brother died. This brother died. Like, hey, look, you guys can go home and grieve, man. Here, yeah. Here's the money for the funeral. Go go home and, 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 and grieve, you know, like you're supposed to. You're not supposed to be out here washing cars when your loved one dies. Well, loved ones aren't supposed to be dying. No. Well, like, mm. it's just, I, you know what book really changed my life? And I never mentioned this on the podcast ever, but it broke my heart. What was that? Monster. Monster Cody. Did you ever read that book? No, I never read it. It's about a guy, a guy, a crip, I believe, this guy named Monster. Yeah, that's That was his street name was... That sounds familiar. And uh, it was just about his life growing up in the gangs. And I was like, how can this be going on 10 miles away from where I am? And people just go about their life. Like, it's like you just, in your own words, you called it a war zone. Yeah. It's like, how do we, because my interpretation, I'm a Christian. I'm called by my beliefs to help. Yeah, and I also don't see any separation between me and anybody else. Right. To me, that's what living my faith is, and I don't know how. I don't know how to help, but I know we have to help. Yeah. You can't have kids thinking they're going to be dead at twenty three that don't have any. Therefore, they're they don't want an education. They don't want to raise their kids. They don't have any hope. Right. We can't have kids thinking that their only exposure to the world was one trip to the Disney on ice. It's like. I see so much selfishness here in yeah. Hollywood. I see, you know, people that drive Teslas and Lamborghinis and go on vacations and have five mistresses and throw cocaine parties. They're just as miserable right. <laughs> as these kids with nothing. So it's like, how do we create a bridge between these people and going, you know what? Instead of spending $100,000 on a car, hear me out. Why don't you just come with me on a Saturday mm-hmm. and we're going to go read to these six-year-old kids that have nobody to read to them. And we'll see if you want to spend a hundred grand on a car, or you want to spend a hundred grand on a place where they can read in peace and quiet. Oh man, that's what I want to do. 
Yo, that would be beautiful, man. We well, there's just it's people. It's like a math equation, right? Yeah. You have people on this side of the equal sign and this side, and they're both hurting. Right. Like I, I didn't realize what rich people were until I moved here. I still don't know how much money some people have. Oh, it's it's, it's ridiculous, and they're wasting it. Right. They don't. They. they or. I've been, I was there was this uh, there was this girl I was dating. Yep. Right. Rich Jewish girl. Yep. And when I say rich, I mean rich, 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 rich. Like yeah, they real. Two hundred and fifty million split Ugh. in a divorce kind of money. Yeah. Right. I go, hey, how does it feel to know you can change people's lives and you don't do it? Wow. I asked her. Now she's Time not out. deep. Time out. Time out. Yeah. I honestly believe this, and this could be my silliness. I think you could ask that question to everybody yes Yes. everybody we all i think every time we leave our apartment we leave our house every time we interact with another person you do change their life yeah and you have to make that conscious decision is it going to be for positive or negative right like i had a priest once tell me he was like bro you don't need to save the world he goes just smile right (laughs) i love that he was like just be in a good mood (laughs) you know i I was like yeah sometimes it's that that simple it is because you're spreading joy yeah just being happy but I, she's not a deep girl, but I pulled something deep out of her. Yeah, what'd she say? She says, well, if I, if I, you know, there's a homeless guy on the front of the restaurant, right? Yeah. Well, if, if I gave him all the money he needed, he would still be back there. He would still be back there because he has to change his, his mentality and the way that he thinks. I can give him all, I can throw the money, I can throw money out of his problem all day, but... It's not a it's not a money problem. Yes, it's got a mental problem. Well, how do we help that? Well, that that that's where we got. That's where the outreach comes in. You know, like so many people, you know, they preach to they preach to people who are easy to talk to. Sure. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when I used to go out with my church and we do evangelism. Yeah. The, the there's a separation between the 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 world and the church yes and i and i really don't think there should be no because i completely agree with you the, the, the church creates their own language and then they 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 uh they then they denounce the world but then when they try to reach out to the world they're not speaking the same language no you know why i love jamie uh you know jamie flam down at the improv yeah yeah uh the, the uh talent coordinator artistic director yes he came up to me once after a show and he said, I always thought comedy clubs were churches for people that don't go to church. Yeah. And I love that. I love very that. true. It's very true. I've said that. I've said comedians are, are pastors without a you know, without a church. You know? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. You're saying all this stuff and I want to get back to it, and this is why we need to do our own separate podcast uh-huh. every week. We're gonna do this. Yeah. Um but what I'm fascinated with is that so many people that are quote unquote church people, you say like where where it meets the world, sometimes it doesn't click, right? Yeah, and that's um, where I would. That's where I played it. That's where that's where I I I had the, I had the advantage when it came to evangelism. Yes, when we go out to the street. Yeah, yeah, sure. The people come into the church and you ask them to come to the altar. They've already made the decision. Sure, they were already going to do it. Preaching you, to the choir, right? They were already going to ask God to forgive them and let them in their heart. They came out. They came to the church. Yes, but the people that are outside, who hadn't thought of coming to the church, you know, you can't reach them. But I could. Yeah, because I was in the middle ground. Yes, know? I was. Li- I lived in the both worlds 
you know, yes. on, on both sides, you know, strongly, both on both sides. Yes. So when it came time to talk to these dudes, you know, the church people couldn't reach them. No. They didn't speak their language. Right. But that, that's, that's been my gift is to go into the darkness. Okay, that's what I want to ask you about this gift. Because I think about somebody that's been shot. And miraculously you survive. But just as much of a miracle to me is not the physical miracle of you being alive after that incident. That's a miracle, hands down. That's a Pulp Fiction, according to Hoyle, miracle. When Jules and Vincent were like, is it according to Hoyle? That's a miracle. Yeah. But I think just as profound, just as powerful of a miracle was your attitude a second before it happened where you were like, I have to forgive these dudes and I want no more violence done in my name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So where did that come from? How does that, how does faith become that alive? Because, because I've, I've, I've always, I've always been a shepherd for God. Mm, okay. Even when I wasn't accepting it. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Even when I didn't want that calling, calling on my life and I didn't want to be that, you know, I've, I've always had it. So I, I, the things that I participated in were, were, you know, a lot of times to be close to certain people, you know, and, and just, to, just to socialize. So there was times when I could, I can kind of keep, I can kind of like, you know, God's always giving me a caseload of people. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> For sure. He's I giving me a caseload. He's like, you know, here's your new, here's your new caseload. And I, and I had to watch my caseload. You know, I had to keep, I had to stay close to my, my, my caseload. Wow. My caseload wasn't a, wasn't a, wasn't a stockbrokers and, uh, and uh, CEOs and and lawyers, they were they were they were homeless. They were gangbangers. They were prostitutes. They were crackheads. They were they were kids. They were old people. Yeah, these are all, all the people nobody wants to deal with. Yeah, no, the church don't want to deal with them. Church can kick them out. Yeah. They don't want to deal with them, but somebody has to. Yeah, and I've always felt like I was somebody. That's what the real church is. I saw uh, there's this dude. He's great. I mention him a lot on this. He's a priest named Father Boyle. He started that homeboys industry thing. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, and I remember seeing him talk once about uh, inviting all these homeless people to sleep in his church. These people had no place to go. And one of the members of the church was like mad at him. Yeah. Well, He's like, what are you doing here? And this and that. And he goes, I remember when this place was a church. And he looked at the guy and he goes, well, I think it. It just became a church. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. where they're different. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, this dude gets it. Yeah. yeah. It's he, about he, just loving and forgiving. No. And no, this is, this is not a, some pristine building that we're trying <laughs> no. to. No, no, this is, no. A, this is the temple where, you know, where God's children are, are safe. Yeah. And if you tell me we're locking the door and they're out, out there in the world, we're keeping them in the world. Yeah. Can't do that. No, I, everybody needs the hug. Uh, so I was did raised you have by that? angels. Though. I was going to ask you that. Okay, where did this come from? I was from? raised by angels. My my grandmother's an angel. My my mother was an angel. What I, what so what I learned was was how to be an angel. Absolutely. I said on stage last night. I said the reason why the world is what it is right now is because we don't have any more moms. No, you know, it's like the sweet the grandmas. You know, you have a grandma. You know those grandmas. You know my grandma took everybody in. Yep. Everybody. My mom took Dude, everybody in. That's the that's really what I want to fund. If I had m- m- I want to start family rooms. And cuz I've worked with older people that don't really have anybody, you know? Yeah. Um and then these little kids that don't have anybody, I want to hook them up. Right. I want grandmothers cooking and little kids getting their homework checked. Yo, okay. Since you said that, right? I had this idea where where it was like a 
especially in low-income neighborhoods. Yep. We create uh, create a, a senior citizen center and a daycare. Absolutely, in the same building. Right, and that that you you allow the 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 the, the leaving generation to raise the young generation while they while the you know the the middle generation works. Yes, and, and that's I've how always it's always this. supposed to be. That's how it's definitely supposed to be. But I also, in my opinion. I've noticed that us, the middle generation, are always the ones that are most lost. Yeah. Like, I, I think little kids have it figured out. And then, God willing, older people relearn what's important. Uh-huh. And it is just hanging out and caring for people. Right. That's, that's and they can, they can take care of each other. You know? The baby, the babies and the, and the old people, the, the babies keep the 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 the, the, uh, the senior citizens young. Yeah, and they need and, a purpose, and give them man. something to put their energy into. Absolutely, yeah. Because, you know, you, once you don't have a purpose anymore in life. That's when you go. Right. You gotta keep giving people. You know, some people need to be given a purpose. You know, yeah. That's another thing I learned. You know that sometimes you see, you have these like, uh, you know, in the case file you have these people lost. You know, you know yeah. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. I'm like, hey, 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 do that. Yes. Do that, and you'll be fine. You'll be great. And you just know that. I in- know that. Instinctually, where yeah. you're like, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. You, if you do this, and you do this, and, and and you trust that, you're you're gonna be fine. Like I know it, and I've called it. Yeah, you're just a, you're like a touched, touched soul. You know, you're you're that close. I, I, I died in the car. Okay. And when I say that, I mean I I didn't I didn't die, but I was I was out of it was an out of body experience. Wow. And it's kind of still an out of body experience. Even now. Even now. You don't feel as attached to the world as you once did. No, I feel like I'm I'm in the opera, I'm controlling a sim. <laughs> Which makes life a lot easier. A way easier. There's no, there's no stress. It's like, all right, he fell. We'll pick him back up. We gotta keep going. I love that. Yeah, it's I kind of feel similar. I'm having an out-of-body experience, and like, I see mis- I see mistakes as a, a skateboard tricks. You know, I see life as a skateboard trick. You know, like, it, you're gonna <laughs> let me try this again. That's a start. right. You know, it, you know when you when you go to a skate park, you don't see those dudes laying on the ground mad and and crying that they fell. They get back up and they try it again. And and ninety <laughs> percent of skateboarding that. is failure. So true. Ninety percent of skateboarding is failure for that ten percent, that two percent where you land it and it feels amazing. And you can practice for days to land it one time, and, and it was worth it. That's incredible. And that's how I see life. It's like you know, this is a skateboard trick. You know, you're gonna, you might fall, but it's not. It's not. You don't have to sit there and like, like you know, reflect on it. Everything that doesn't feel good, you know, right? Everything that doesn't feel good doesn't like have to be acknowledged. Yeah, you don't have to live in that. No. So I, I, I feel like I'm just, I'm out of, I'm so out of, I'm so out of my body that I can like, I can, I can almost, I feel like I can see into the future a little bit. Yeah. Where I can, I can kind of, and I can see different, I can see different things that different scenarios right, before they go down. Where I was kind of in myself so much when I was younger, you know. But after I got shot, I just my perspective, the perspective just got like wide. Like, That's awesome. Really, really wide. You know, I, I I understood that one. I know I was supposed to be here, and especially after, you know knowing that I wasn't not feeling like I was supposed to be here, you know, most of my life. Bro, that's the line that that killed me in Creed. (laughs) Killed me. Like a baby. 
when he looks at Rocky and he goes, and then I'll know it wasn't a mistake. And I was like, oh my God. You got to know that, man. You, Did, you, you yeah. got to know that. Like, you need to know. Like, yeah, everybody's serving a purpose. Like, you, Every day we're serving that, a purpose. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Once you get that, you know, I, that's that's the Oscar of life. Is when, you, when you understand you're supposed to be here and you get your purpose. You get your purpose, that's the Oscar. Yeah. You know, then you go, now you, now you, now everything else is just, you don't have to worry about anything else. You know, this is my path and this is what I do and this is what I'm supposed to do. Everything else is going to work itself out. So true. And I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I don't sweat anything anymore. No, you don't worry about it. I don't get nervous as, like the way I used to. I don't think, I'm just like, all right, it's going to take care of itself. It's, it's going to work. Right. And, and you just... You just focus. You know, I'm a one track mind. I'm a one track mind person. You know, yep. like, and I re- I recognize that about myself, which gave me an advantage is that I know I, I'm not a great multitasker. Okay. Yeah. They now all the research is saying nobody is. No. Yeah. yeah. So I gave up on trying to multitask. I go. I'm gonna do whatever I'm focused on. Great. That's awesome. And everything else, I let it. You know, I let it work itself out. But I'm gonna just be great at something. <laughs> That's awesome. At one thing. You know, What's I, the one thing you want to be great at? Healing. Amen to that. I love it. Healing. Yeah. I mean, I, I watch massage videos online mm-hmm. on YouTube just just to, just to have another layer to it. You know, it's yeah. another layer to the healing. You know, because a touch is just as important as the, as the heart. You know, like physical touch. Babies that don't get held don't develop. Right. And so people and adults who don't get held don't develop either. Yeah, it's true. And the people, you know, adults who don't push people away and don't have and don't have an emotional support. You know. You you're also you're not developing. You're dying as well. You yeah, know? it's true. Alone, you're dying, and and you you need the touch. There's something. Yeah. There's 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 chemicals exchange in a physical touch. That's absolutely true. You need people, and if you and I you know that's why those like all those studies about solitary confinement. It's all about how much like we actually really we need, need each other. We man. need each other. Like it's we not just like other. oh I did everything on my own. Like, Nobody no, does. We need like we like we actually need like I need to. You have to communicate with other people. You need. It took me forever to realize that life was a team sport. Yeah, forever. And then for whatever reason today, you're saying all this, and like two hours ago, I was on my phone, and I saw. <laughs> I'm a, Everything comes back to Rocky for me. <laughs> but I saw Stallone interviewed on a Christian talk show like 10 years ago when the – not when Creed came out, but when the Rocky Balboa movie came out. And he was talking about that screenplay. And he goes, you had the, all these characters that were marginalized, that were at the bottom of life. You had Paulie, Adrian, Rocky, Mickey. Nobody was living life the way they wanted to. Uh-huh. And he goes, they couldn't do anything on their own. But he goes, when they all came together and shared their lives, they became unstoppable. Ooh. And I'm like – that's it, man. Yeah, you gotta team up, man. That's what you it's know? all about. Yeah, I'm glad you're your, on my team. You gotta find your, yeah, you know, your, your your core group, man. That's like, that's just, you know, it's like you need your LeBron and D Wade, and you know, like you you can't win by yourself, man. No, you can't win by yourself. You can't win. And I honestly do believe this. Even if you do succeed on your own, that's not success unless you have somebody to share it with. No. And 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 if, and if people around you aren't successful, if the people around you aren't doing doing good, then it's not success. No. You know, if you didn't bring everybody up with you, if everybody, if, if everybody's not eating as well as you are, do you it's know not who success. told me that? You know, and he told me this years ago, and he lived it, and that's amazing. That's why, like, I'm so uh, happy to know you. Like, I know so many people that talk about faith. But you lived it. You had it. You you saved lives in that garage that day. You forgave after you were shot. That's amazing. Yeah. And I got to give a shout out to my boy Ren Is Easy. I remember <laughs> when his career started to take off a little bit. 
He was like, no, everybody's coming along for the ride. Yeah. He goes, if, he goes, what is it? If he goes, if I can't help my friends, then he goes, then I have nothing. No. Oh, hey, oh, hey. How, come hey, on. Hey, really, I had a really good steak yesterday. I know yeah. you're starving, but I just what? thought I'd It's check. amazing. Gabriel Iglesias, same way. All these dudes I know that are Ari Shafir, same way. Dude, we were just hanging out. Ari's like, here. I go, what's this? And he goes, that's. That's for you. I was like, come on, man. Yo, Ari's blessed, man. He is blessed. He's the real deal. I slept in his, we and Jesus Trail slept in his apartment, his brand new apartment after he got the, he got the second, like a second season or whatever. Yeah. He got a new apartment in New York. So he had like two at the time when we were in New York. And I slept in his brand new apartment before he did. Who else does that? <laughs> yeah, nobody. Nobody would let, let somebody else break in their brand new apartment from their hard work. But Ari did. We love you, Ari. <laughs> and that was pretty cool, man. Like So cool, right? And you know what? I passed it down. I passed it down a few times after that. Dude, I, really, I, heard, all right, I really I'm gonna, felt the brotherhood when Ari did that. Oh, for sure. I felt it, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to do it. I'm taking Chow to China. I'm, we all have to. We're all part. We're all links in a chain. Yeah. We're yeah. all links in a chain. Because I, I felt, I when I was in San Francisco, the first time I, when I moved down there, Yeah. I, I'm from Compton. I never, I never really moved outside of Southern California. Yeah. When I got to... When I got to the Bay Area, and I, I went to the Giants won a championship. My girlfriend's from my girlfriend. She's from uh, she's from the Bay Area, okay. right? And she spent you know she spent her whole life there. And when we were walking through the San Francisco Giants uh, baseball parade or whatever, yeah, you know, I swear like maybe fifteen twenty people must have walked up and said, "Hey man, how you doing, man? Tomorrow, what's up, man?" She's from there. Nobody said anything to her, you know. And uh, you were getting recognized. I was getting recognized in her city. In her city, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> And I was like, yo, I was like, that's all, they're all like comedians. Like, I was some, either they, either they seen a show or they were like, the best. they do comedy. And I was like, I felt comfortable in the Bay. Because of comedy. Because of comedy. I love it. And people I reach out it. to me. Where can people find you? Because speaking of, I have to go downstairs, do Tony's podcast now. Okay. And touch those open mic kids. Oh, man, you're going to bless them, man. Whenever I get to do that Kill Tony podcast, <laughs> I just like, what can I say positive? What can I uh-huh. say to keep them going? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you give them that little nugget, you know. I'm looking forward to. You're gonna it. give, you're gonna give them a nugget. Where can they find me? They can find me on Twitter. They can find what's me your, on yeah, Snapchat. What's your um, it's all Demar Randy Show, whatever platform. Snapchat, Twitter, all that. All you have that a website? Stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't have a website. I, okay. I should get one, but I don't have one. you don't really need one. Uh, if you have Twitter, mean, Snapchat, and Facebook, right? Do you have a fan page or is it still? Yeah, personal? I got a fan page and a personal page. Um, awesome. Demar Randy Show on everything. Awesome. So I love you, you, buddy. I mean, I love you too, man. Thank you so much. And we, I, I'm not kidding. We have to get our own podcast going. I, I'm down, man. I'm, Even if we do it once a month. Because this is too good. I, I feel like we can touch some people, man. You know, Let's do we, it. Can, we can get some. We, can, we have to. You know, we can We're get being called people. to do it, so we got to say yes. And I don't have anything else to do, but <laughs> me neither. I just love, <laughs> I just love hanging out with well, you. Right, I got I, my, my purpose in life is to do this. Yeah, and my purpose in life is to inspire people. That, Let's I, have some food and some laughs and just hang out. Right, as long as I can eat once a day and inspire people the rest of the time, I'm good. It's the best. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me, bro. Show. I'm starting to dig it. Oh, you know what? I want to thank everybody that came out to the um, Mike Pye's Art Gallery on Tuesday. Oh, very good. And we did a a fundraiser for Liz, and it was so much fun. And And I think it's going to be a really cool little art space, stand-up comedy space. I can't wait to see it. It's like an, I've never been to like an art gallery. Yeah, it's awesome. So it sounds like it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, and I talked to Mike today. We might be doing like a monthly show there or something. It's really cool space. I saw they built a stage for you. 
Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, and it could be cool. Like, I think the show I want to do there is, like, the comedy kegger. I want to throw a keg party and a comedy show just for, like, comedians and our friends. And just bill it as the high school party you never got invited to. <laughs> That's the perfect party for me. That would be great. That's a perfect party for everybody in L.A. Can you do a keg stand? Yeah. I was the king of it when I was a kid. Really? I've never done one. Really? No, I, I never got invited to those parties. It'd be great to go. Then let's do it. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I think maybe How? when I get back from China, we'll do one. That sounds like fun. Can we get a cake of root beer, too? Yeah, I would rather have that, to be honest. <laughs> I think they have them. They do. Oh, totally do. Like a f- you know what we could do? What? We could have, like, a real beer keg, too, for, like, cool kids, and then a root beer keg and then ice cream so we can make root beer floats. I'm serious. I, I'm the, I'm not laughing because it's a silly idea. I'm laughing because it's so awesome. Even though I'm an adult, I will entirely bypass the real beer keg and just go all for the root beer keg. That would be awesome. I didn't know they made full size root beer kegs. Mm-hmm. I need to get that for my house. Be incredible, Lee. Do you have anything you need to promote before we get out of here? Uh, just go to leesyatt.com. L e e s y a t t, and uh, please uh, give. Five star reviews and comments on good times. It does really help. And oh yeah, guys. and we appreciate all of the love. Yeah. Oh, and do you want to do uh, what we're thankful for? Yes. Okay. I'm thankful that I'm no longer sick. Aw. I'm thankful for my buddy William and being able to go down to the hospital and hang out with him. Very thankful. I'm thankful for that you are going to move santa steve into like a real adult charity i think we're gonna do that yeah i'm thankful for lee and all of his help with good times thank you i'm thankful for the beautiful weather we've been having it's been great it's been wonderful i'm thankful for the backpack ryan don carlos gave me many years ago oh cool yeah he did i am thankful for burritos because paula is actually going to san diego in a couple weeks and And, uh, who doesn't like burritos the best I'm. I can't believe we keep on doing this, and it's so much fun. It's fun. I'm. I'm, I'm really getting into it. Yeah, it's the best. I'm so thankful for all the people that listen to the podcast and send me nice notes and stuff, and send me people send me stuff to the comedy store, and it's neat. Like my buddy Daniel sent me some totally awesome trading cards that I got to open the night I opened up for Uncle Joey at the comedy store. It was me, then Joe Rogan, then Uncle Joey. So I'm so thankful for that. Oh, I heard that was a great show, That's dude. It was so- awesome. I was so thankful. I am thankful for dogs. I, I, I know I know you say it a lot, but I just yeah, I, they're I, the best. I right? love playing with dogs; they're fun. Yeah, I'm so thankful that um, Steve and Tracy moved back to California, and I get to hang out with them and their kids. It's a lot of fun. I'm thankful that I have a sandwich waiting for me that Paula made. So when I get home from work, I have a sandwich. Oh, lucky made. ducky! I know. I'm thankful for the spot I have tonight at the comedy. I'm thankful for the comedy store too, where a, a place to go and. Hang out with my friends whenever I need buddies. I'm thankful for uh, my my mom gets to go on a very nice trip in the next couple of weeks. So I'm oh, that's so cool. Happy for. I'm thankful for my pals at church, Audrey and Jack. I'm thankful for Facebook because it gets a lot of negative, but I've it's nice to be able to see what your old friends are doing, and it's fun. It's it is nice. so fun, and I'm thankful for all the people that have been guests on Good Times. I am thankful for 
all all the people who send in very nice artwork. Like we're in the studio, I'm looking at something that Brady Ferguson drew of Uncle Joey and I, and it's just it's so nice. That is so nice. I'm thankful for all my buddies that come down to Children's Hospital with me and hang out with my other buddies, Johnny and Vinny and Brett and Dane's been coming down, and I think tomorrow when ZZ's going to come down, it's going to be so fun. I'm thankful that you guys do that. That's I'm thankful for friends that do it. I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the lower gas prices. Yes, that's a good one. I'm thankful for having a car. I'm thankful for... <laughs> see, not... I'm in a better mood now. I don't know why. I was kind of tuckered out before, but now I'm very it really, thankful. See, I, I'm good for like four or five, but you can you have like a real stamina in this. You got to keep thinking. I'm thankful uh, for all the Oscar parties I got invited to. I'm thankful that you taught me about this, thank, this uh, gratitude. Let's end this it on that. Yeah. That's a great one to be thankful for being thankful. Right. All right. I love you, buddy. And I love you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, God bless you. And thank you for listening. It's shown.